Hello and welcome to the LDS study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is Series 2, Episode 35, 45, sorry, where we are moving into um, more of uh, February the 10th to February the 16th in our Come Follow Me study, uh, looking at 2 Nephi, Chapters 6 to 10, Oh, how great the plan of our God. And we're concluding our study of 2 Nephi 9, verses 1 to 26. Through his atonements, Jesus Christ delivers all people from physical and spiritual death. So there was a lot to uh, dig into yesterday, and there's uh, quite a bit to dig into today, so we'll dive straight in. But as always, uh, we are studying the Come Follow Me uh, segments together, and I'd love to hear any of your thoughts uh, at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter or email session at gmail.com. I'd love to hear any reviews or feedback from the episodes, or if you've been studying, studying anything alongside me, I'd love to share some on future podcast episodes. So a big shout out for that. Uh, so we'll dive straight into Second Nephi chapter four, chapter nine, verse fourteen, as we left off on verse thirteen uh, yesterday. Verse fourteen says, "Wherefore we shall have a perfect knowledge of all our guilt and our uncleanliness and our nakedness, and the righteous shall have perfect knowledge of their enjoyment and their righteousness, being clothed in pure with purity, yea, even with the robe of righteousness." It's interesting to look at the par- the parallelism or the you know, the contrast between those that have this guilt and this uncleanliness um, shall be naked and those that have a perfect knowledge of their, the righteous shall have a, a clothing of purity. And we, what we need to remember is that this whole chapter is talking about the power and the potential that the, the atonement of Jesus Christ gives to us. Remember that those people that do not have the atonement applied into their lives and those that do all sin. You know, it's not like we are going to clothe ourselves because of what we've been able to do, but we are clothed because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. You know, we both have sins on either side, but the difference is, is that one has relied on the the Savior as their Redeemer and the other hasn't, uh, which is, you know, what this whole chapter, what Jacob is trying to get across to the people of Nephi. Um, Now, we talk often about um, this daily repentance, how President Russell M. Nelson has talked in a recent general conference about repentance and how it's not just a repent when you do bad things, but it's a constant daily um, process of changing and becoming better. Even if you haven't done anything particularly wrong in a day, you should still repent that night and aim to change and become even better because no one is perfect. Um, However, this... and. I think that we all know this, but we all need to understand that this is not a new concept. This is not something that President Nelson has come out and changed or said or, you know, decided is different. This has actually been the the principle since Christ taught it, since before Christ taught it. Um, And we see it right here. Uh, John W. Welch uh, said this uh, in in some of his notes in the the Scripture Plus app on the Book of Mormon Central. Uh, He said, quote, for Jacob, it is important that we recognize our sins. He then quotes that verse and carries on. President Gordon B. Hinckley often taught that a daily recommitting to accepting the atonement of Christ and an honest willingness to change is daily repentance. It is not the Lord's intent that we read these things and say, oh, how wretched am I and cry all night. True repentance comes from a bright recollection and a genuine confidence that the Lord has provided everything essential for us pending our acceptance, close quote. Uh, and obviously, President Hinckley won't have been the first person either to have taught that daily repentance is not, you know, or 
regular repentance is not just weeping in a corner constantly because we are beset by sins or so often i mean sure we may have moments of that such such as nephi did as we read uh, his psalm last week uh, but it is something which is a daily recollection of how joyful we are that the lord is there and has done these things for us um, you know, it's just such a, an awe-inspiring and exciting principle. Uh, in verse 16, uh, it says, And assuredly, as the Lord liveth, for the Lord God hath spoken it, and it is his eternal word which cannot pass away, that they who are righteous still be righteous still, and they who are filthy uh, shall be filthy still. Wherefore, they who are filthy are the devil and his angels, and they shall go away into everlasting fire prepared for them, and their torment is as a lake of fire and brimstone whose flame ascendeth up forever and has no end i think that it's important a couple of things here to point out that um, jacob uses the phrase specifically as a lake of fire and brimstone um, we obviously know that or we we should understand that we are not going to be thrown into a pit of flames uh, for eternity if we uh, do not accept the atonement into our lives however the, the the suffering and the torment and the guilt that we feel will be as a lake of fire and brimstone that you know is is difficult to endure um elder david a bednar said this in a recent general conference talk in 2015 quote please note that godly fear is linked inextricably to an under understanding of the final judgment and our individual accountability for our desires thoughts words and acts the fear of the Lord is not a reluctant apprehension about coming into his presence to be judged. I do believe we will not, we will be afraid. We will, I do not believe we'll be afraid of him at all. Rather, it is the prospect in his presence of facing things as they really are about ourselves and having a perfect knowledge of all our rationalizations, pretenses and self-deceptions. Ultimately, we'll be left without excuse. Close quote. I mean, to be honest, that that sounds just as scary <laughs> as as meeting the Lord uh, is. And I suppose that actually those that understand our Heavenly Father and those that truly understand our Saviour will not be afraid to go into their presence. They're, we will be welcomed with love and with mercy and with happiness that we are there in the first place. But it is, it is our recollection of what we've done in this life uh, that may be the cause of suffering for us, which is why we must have the atonement applied to us regularly, consistently, daily. We must be striving to be um cleansed by the savior and what he has done uh for us so that we can then go with that full confidence uh in second nephi chapter 9 verse 19 um jacob moves on and says over oh, the greatness of the mercy of our god the holy one of israel for he delivereth his saints from that awful monster that the devil and death and hell and that lake of fire and brimstone which is endless torment um you know again there's there's an exclamation mark in that verse jacob is expressing with such joy and happiness just how fortunate he is and how blessed we are uh, to have this atonement for without it um, we would not have this mercy and grace available to us uh, we can receive this great blessing of having that that comfort and joy rather than without the atonement um, being brought before our, our father with that full knowledge and knowing there's nothing we can do about it um, in verse 21 uh, he continues on uh, and talks about the Savior and what he has done, he's, he, or what he will do uh, in Jacob's case. He says in verse 21, And he cometh into the world, that he may save all men, if they will hearken unto his voice. For behold, he suffereth the pains of all men, yea, the pains of every living creature, both men, women, and children, who belong to the family of Adam. Um, Henry B. Eyring uh, said this in a, in a general conference, quote, 
I cannot promise you a miracle, but I can promise you this. You will feel the influence of the Holy Ghost helping you and you will feel approval. And you will know that for at least those minutes, the power of the Holy Ghost was with you. And you will know that some healing came into your soul for the spirit will not dwell in an, in an unclean tabernacle, tabernacle. His influence cleanses. Not only is your feeling the the influence of the Holy Ghost, a sign that the atonement, the cure for sin, is working in your life, but you will also know that a preventative against sin is working, close quote. Now, whilst uh, Elder Bednar's words do, does awaken us to the fact that we need to do something uh, to act, uh, President Eyring's words coupled with that just brings me immense joy and peace, because the Holy Ghost, was, if it's with us, it will not dwell in unclean tabernacles. Which means that if we are feeling the Holy Ghost, if we feel that spirit, that right there is a uh, an assurance, a confidence that we can have that the Holy Ghost was with us. And as he says, his influence cleanses. And so we are being cured. And at that same time, we are being prevented or we are receiving a preventative against future sin as well. And that's why we must seek the spirit in our lives constantly. That personal revelation, that personal guidance and that that feeling of warmth and peace and joy just well it's brought a tear to my eye to be honest it's just yeah it's just a wonderful thing to be promised and i love that quote and we're going to probably you know frame it or put it somewhere because that just brings a lot of peace and joy uh second nephi uh, 9 verse 26 and i'll finish with this it says for the atonement satisfieth the demands of his justice upon all those who have not the law given to them that they are delivered from that awful monster, death and hell, and the devil, and the lake of fire and brimstone, which is endless torment. And they are restored to that God who gave them breath, which is the Holy One of Israel. Um, there's a couple of things here. This mercy, um, for those with no opportunity, um, is again another evidence to me just how much this is the plan of salvation. This is Heavenly Father's plan. The fact that there is something in place for those that don't receive the gospel of Jesus Christ in this life, demonstrates just how much he has cared for every single individual. The atonement of Christ saves us physically and spiritually. All these stories of the people of Israel escaping the captivity of Egypt and, and, and reaching that promised land, the story of Lehi and his family escaping Jerusalem before the capture and enslavement of Babylon and finding the promised land through the trials and difficulties, the story of Nephi as, and his brethren who went with him escaping from Laman and Lemuel and their murderous intent, which, which we, my family, watched the video of a couple of days ago, um, and just how the Lord you know, led and guided them. All of these are physical representations of what we can have spiritually and physically from sin and death through the atonement of the Savior Jesus Christ. And we've only just really started delving into chapter nine. The next section, which we're going to study together, covers more of this wonderful gift. And chapter nine is just, ugh, I love it. So I hope you've enjoyed this. And as I mentioned, at Matt S. Roberts 90 on Twitter is where you can give me some feedback on Twitter or email session at gmail.com. I would love to hear from any of our listeners and hear some of your thoughts and, uh, stud and what you've been studying. Thank you very much for your time. And until we meet again.